Everyone has a story, but not everyone knows who they are or what adventure they're in. What story are you in? I'm Jury Shank. Welcome to the Legends of the Wind podcast, a conversation about a collection of personal myths, fairy tales, and fables written for real people. These stories help them discover their own hero's journey. Here we learn to look at life through the lens of story and think mythically. Imagine yourself in the story of a lifetime where you realize how vital you are. Discover your own tale and join others as well here in Legends of the Wind. Hi, welcome to the Legends of the Wind podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I want you to know that this podcast is a very special, unique take about life and storytelling. Its purpose is to help people to think mythically about their life. What is your life like as a story? Who are you in your hero's journey? What kind of adventure are you in? And what do you need to overcome? And what kind of revelation do you need to see your adventure through to the end of the story? We want to present in this show different stories that were written for actual people, children and adults, and how we unpack them and learn from those stories through metaphor, through psychology, through storytelling, all sorts of different ways of looking at these stories and learning from them and applying what the, what the lessons in them in our lives. Um, the audience is meant for both young and old. It's not just for kids, not just for adults. And uh, the ideas in these storytellings and in these conversations are meant to be universal. They're for everyone. Everyone of any age can learn from them. You can find me, Jerry Shank, uh, on social media. Uh, in the notes below, there's different tags. You can also find us at legendsthewind.com and also my personal site, loversdreamersandme.com. Today's legend is very special. I wrote it for a close friend of mine about 10 years ago, and even today it has come full circle. Today's legend is something that we deal with in all of our lives in, in, in many different forms. It has to do with fathers. So let me show you uh, our, my friend Aaron Torres, our guest today. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to Legends of the Wind. Thank you for coming today. Thanks, Jerry. Cool. Aaron is a Union International cinematographer and director who is an alumnus of USC. He shoots independent features and television for Netflix, Disney, and Bravo. He can be found roaming the streets with his still camera, directing commercials, or shooting documentaries. He can be reached on Instagram at AaronTorresDP, and you can find him on his website, AaronTorres.com. His photography is outstanding, so please check him out. Cool. Aaron, thanks for coming, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. So um, I want the audience to know that I wrote this story a long time ago when I um, was working with a bunch of kids and adults in this um, program. And um, I didn't have any prior knowledge of Aaron's personal life or his family history or anything like that when I wrote this story. And also, it's been so long that there's things in Aaron's life today that have resurfaced in this story. And it's very interesting to see what the full circle of all this can be and how it applies today. So to get you excited about that, we're going to check it out right now and listen and watch Ocean's Vision. And afterward, we're going to have a conversation where Aaron and I are going to unpack the hidden treasures in this story. Ocean's Vision. What lies have been told as the story unfolds, but welcome me and you shall find your heart. Today was a great day, unlike any other. Today was the dawning of a new sunrise. Fresh air sparkled in the sunlight and he breathed it in. The great father was calling his son and he stepped forward into the deep waters. For it was the great ocean before him, deep and wide, far and high. He knew that if he dove in, it would overtake him, but he questioned the path. The waves kept crashing and smashing against the seashore. Over and over the waves crashed, but farther out into the deep, he knew there was a greater story. You see, it was storytelling that beats within his heart. He knew that there was a great story written on the scroll of his heart that called to him. He was from the mountains high in the Cascades. He loved the waterfalls, the brooks, and the mountain valleys. This was his home, and his heart was there for a time. But soon the ocean called him. In his sleep, in the thoughtless nights, a single word kept coming to his mind. 
It tried to penetrate his heart, but he would not allow it. The word was pain. He saw things with his eyes that caused grief and anger, but there were some things too hard, too painful, and too grievous that he shut out and would not let in. And it was this word that haunted him night after night. He got up in the middle of the night to look up at the moon. It shone bright on the quiet darkness of the city. He felt lonely and thought about all the men who went to the moon. He thought it was a great adventure and a great feat, but how lonely it must be on the moon. Would all of this adventure, would all of this energy be worth it, he thought? But can I find a home? Would there be a place that would welcome me and I could call my own? Night after night, the cycle of the moon passed the dark skies. And again, the word of pain echoed in his mind. Things he tried to shut out kept knocking, and no one would know because no one would hear. Can someone just listen? Can someone just hear me? He asked. The vision of the ocean beckoned him again. He got up early and went to the shores. Off in the distance was a ship, great and glorious, full of wind in its sails. He thought how beautiful the sunrise on such a ship must be. What would it be like to be out there? He kept asking because the life he sees there is grand. It was without the pain that knocks at his heart. Over there, he thought, they would welcome me and I would find a home but he stared at the crashing waves. Over and over it taunted him. He left the beach and returned to his room. Books were all over the floor, reading and seeking, seeking and reading. What wisdom may answer my questions, he asked. There was another word that came to him. It was like a little bird, a little yellow bird that landed on the windowsill. It was beautiful. A song came out of its mouth and it sang. My life shall overtake you, for I am pursuing you, and I sing over you night after night while you sleep. Sing, sing, sing. The bird cried out. The promise cried out. This little bird sung out its heart, and he listened. The tune warmed his heart, and hope came to him. He opened the door to his place and strode out. People soon came to him and joined him down the street. It was a parade, and it was for him. Celebrations broke out, and the people cheered, and the little bird, the little promise, swept around him and sang out, My life shall overtake you, for I am pursuing you, and I sing over you, day after day while you walk. Sing, 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 the little bird, the promise cried out. Life rose within him, and the celebrations overwhelmed him. New people came to him and spoke of the future and of the things he'd never heard of before. Life looked different, and life took him once again to the great ocean. But this time, the people were there and drew a line in the sand. No, it wasn't a dare to cross this border, but an aisle, a red carpet, a path out to the great ocean. They stood on both sides and led the way to the waters. They cheered him on and shouted and said, Hooray! The ocean welcomes its son. He stood at the edge of the waters. The waves kept crashing over and over. The sun shone, and again the ship off in the distance sailed with wind in its sails. It rocked and then eased upon the waters. Life drew him into the water. No longer would there be lies that deceive him. No longer would there be pain, because now he has dived into the deep. Waters rushed around him, and people jumped in with him, swimming around him. He surfaced, and the waters became still. He swam out and looked around. The people just smiled and watched over him as the great ship sailed by. A rope came down, and he climbed as the captain pulled him up and out of the deep. Yes, my son, how great you are to see me face to face. Did you hear me singing? But what about the moon? What about the pain that knocks at my heart? Will I find a home? The captain took him to the bridge of the ship and the captain steered. Let me show you your new home. The ship sailed and it picked up speed, incredible speed. The ship raced over the waters and flew and took to the air. The ship sailed higher and higher as the sun beat down. It was wonderful, it was glorious, and the sail strained at its great speed. 
The ship flew beyond the ocean, the deep, and came back to fly high over the land and come to the mountains. Soon they reached the Cascades and the mountain home. The ship floated down and came to a large wooden platform. A staircase stepped out and the man and his captain walked down. The light was glorious and golden. The grass was as green as could be. Snow covered the mountains and rocks, gray as they were, stood strong and kept the mountains tall. The captain led him to a house, a wooden house with a few windows in it. This was the house where the pain came to him. Fear and shame overtook his heart. His knees buckled and he dropped in fear. Tears of grief came over him. His heart cried out, I thought you brought me to my new home. The captain knelt down beside him and wept too. I knew that this hurt you. I knew that they didn't see you or understand you or know you, and they called themselves family. But I saw you, and I had to take you back here, not to destroy you, but to redeem you. I'm going inside. Will you join me? The captain stood up and went to the door of the house and opened it. It took all the strength inside of him just to open his eyes. He opened his eyes and saw the captain standing at the door with tears stinging his vision. And yet with a quick decision, he stood up. With each step forward, it appeared an eternity took place. But with each step, he sped up. Up the wooden steps, he entered the doorway to the house. Inside, the kitchen looked as normal as it ever did. The home and the hearth smelled just the same. But sitting at the table was the father he didn't fully know. No, it wasn't the captain, but his father from his world. I am sorry, my son. I didn't see you at your youth. I knew that there were desires within you that I found strange. But I have come back to you, and I have seen you in your future, and I am glad. You have made me proud, though I didn't say it at the time. I know I hurt you, and I'm sorry, so very sorry. You are a great man, and you have great strength. The father stood up and took his hand and kissed it. I honor you with everything in me. Will you find it in your heart to forgive as I now see you as you are? Tears again welled up within his eyes and a breaking happened. His heart broke and a great release came from within him. He released the ocean at last and life overtook him. He never knew this before. He never knew that healing would be so great. The father and the home in front of him dissolved and he stood back on the ship with the captain who stepped forward. He asked, can that be real? Can that be true? The captain turned the steering wheel. More than you can ever know. They sailed farther and a quiet breeze flowed in his hair. While it was intense, the ocean was peaceful. Where are we going? He asked. The captain stepped forward and gave him his spyglass. Take a look. In it, you see my secrets. He took the spyglass and looked out at the horizon. Inside the vision of the spyglass, he saw himself standing with honor and praise before his peers, holding many awards. His car was paid for, his home was paid for, his life was whole again. And standing with him were his friends who honored him with great strength and praise. He put the spyglass down. You can't be joking, that is too good. How can you do this for me? But, the captain said, are you not my child, my son? I see good things about you, great things. You are not ordinary. I wrote you on my heart and I welcome you there. All you need to do is ask of me and believe that I am good and that I can make your heart good. Nothing could be simpler. He put the spyglass up again and looked out. He saw nations coming to him, wanting his stories. A new pen came to his hand and ink oozed out onto the scrolls as he madly wrote away. He was another writer of the stories of the nations. People continued to come to him and seek him for his love and wisdom. He put the spyglass down. How can this be? Why do they seek me? Well, laughed the captain, when you see I have written your story and rewritten the past, fixing it up, you see you have my heart within you 
And out of that abundance, you help others know their story. Welcome me and you welcome the nations into my heart. Today is a new day for you, my son. Welcome me and I welcome you. He thought this was too great. He thought secrets were evil and meant to stay hidden. But now he found his heart and discovered that the captain can make it good. He stood up at the bow and looked out as the ship sailed forward. Would he be the king of the world? Not exactly as he imagined, but he is a king and a great one at that. He turned back and cried out to the captain. Take me wherever you like. Steer and lead the way. Bring me to my future. I've seen myself there. Wholeness and life is where I'm headed. Thank you for sending me the promise, that beautiful little bird. Sing, sing, sing. Life has overtaken me. It sings night after night, day after day, and welcomes me home. The great ship sailed on the ocean deep. The sun set and the moon came out. He looked up and saw he wasn't lonely anymore, and his heart was new and fresh. The air was delightful and flowed in his hair. He looked out and saw that the moon and the night were no longer his prison, but his sanctuary. For this day, he saw that his life was good at last. Inceptio. And there we are, Ocean's Vision. Aaron, this is your legend. <laughs> I, I was so blown away when I got this story a long ago. Uh, because the images and the feelings it evokes when I got it was it was gorgeous. It was just beautiful. I could see it in my in my imagination as I was getting it. And so when we have a conversation about someone's personal legend, I think it's interesting to see, you know, what is the story talking about about you? I mean, how can we look at it? Can we look at it from dream interpretation language or something else? Like, how does this story speak to you? Uh, well, I, I think that's a very interesting question because, um, you know, as as your life as life changes, right, as you experience life, um, you know, the meaning changes also. Right? Sure. So, um, you know, what how what it would mean to me right now is maybe very different from when you wrote it, which is which is what I think is very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, if we're just looking at it from like. Uh, like metaphorical components, you know, there's very interesting symbolism within it. Uh, you know, you've got a, like a man or a young man who's, who's in a house, who's somehow unable to get out, who feels maybe afraid or trapped, right. You know, not, not able to sort of really extend himself out into the world and really needs some sort of, um, almost external force to come and remind him that there are good things right. outside the door, you know, you right. don't, don't spend all your time staring at the moon, you know, let's go outside and <laughs> see what else there, there is. You know, there's no point in suffering, right? Um, so, um, you know, I think there's like really beautiful imagery in the story uh, and, a, and a really beautiful uh, metaphorical idea of, of someone who uh, feels a desire to go out into the world and yet doesn't feel confident Right. And, and it feels there's lacking something. And he has um, pain, too. There's the, the, he's seeking the wisdom to redeal, re, re, to heal his pain, you know? Absolutely. And mm -hmm. then the, the question becomes like, well, where does that come from, right? right. Where, does, where is that pain manifesting from? And, uh, you know, and even in the story, he talks about, I'm looking at the moon, and it seems really cool to go there, but then all I can think about is how lonely it would be to be right. on the moon, you know? <laughs> And that's kind of a very odd concept, but yet you can kind of understand that too. Um, and I think that, are, you know, there, there are parallels that can be drawn immediately between my own life, mm -hmm. or, you know, within it. And then there are ones that are just mythic and of their nature mm -hmm. as well. You know, like certainly from, you know, from a career perspective, as a cinematographer, uh, you travel a lot, right? And you get all these cool things that you do and you get to go on these really fun adventures uh, uh, but at the same time, it can be very lonely, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. you know, so going out in the world, uh, can be going to the moon as an astronaut can be very exciting, but it can also be terrifying. Right. And a lot, it's a, it's something like that. Of course, you know, you want to feel the support 
to go out into the world. So I don't know what I think is interesting about your story is you, you know, you have a character who is sort of has is is afraid to really extend themselves out uh, and yet has this sort of pining for the ocean. It's like I, I, I'm going to the ocean and I'm seeing the ocean and I want to go there and I want to be there. And yet I'm not going to get in the water, even though it, it seems like it's what's going to fulfill me or what's going right. to sort There's of a like, reluctancy. Maybe, yeah. Maybe hide the emotions. Mm hmm. Like it's almost like I'm looking to the ocean to sort of like soothe the pain that is mm -hmm. inside me. Right. But that's not really removing the pain, right? You're just looking for a way to sort of like numb it perhaps, you know, or like find another adventure so you can forget about the root cause of where that suffering comes from. Sure. Um, the, the the ocean can represent several things. It could represent uh, the subconscious or the unconsciousness or a spiritual realm or even another area of adventure uh, like in the hero's journey, uh, there's the call to adventure, and then there, right after that, is the reluctant hero, and this this character in, in you in this story, in this legend, um, has this drawing from the ocean. But there's that, can I do it? You know, can I jump in and, and go for it? Um, can you talk about, if you're okay with that, about how um, diving into the ocean? What that what does that mean for you? Have you done that? And what does that look like? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, like, if we're talking literally driving, diving in the ocean, then <laughs> yes, yes, of course, right? Um, but, um, but there is, you know, there's a sense of um, excitement that that creates and a sense of almost shock, right? Like, at the power of what's there, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you were to actually dive in the ocean, You'd be like, wow, like this is very strong. Like I, I, it, it looks majestic and gentle, but it's actually very forceful. It's like everything all at once, right? It's full right. of opportunity, but it could, you could drown you. You might die in it, right? Um, all those things sort of exist, right? So in a way, it's sort of almost like an unlimited potential or unlimited mm -hmm. possibilities, right? right? Uh, and even in your story, you know, your your the main character doesn't really go isn't willing to go into the ocean until he has like all this community support. It's mm -hmm. like, Oh, like or you can go do it. Right. And the boat doesn't really show up to drop the rope until he gets into the water. Right. Right. Which is a, which is a really great, just life lesson, which is like, you know, the boat's not going to take you out of the water until you get into the water. So right. You can't, you know, you can't move forward. Right. You have to have a ticket. There has to be some leap of faith. What do you um, think about the bird? Because you're you're absolutely right. In order to dive in to something that's scary or overwhelming, you have to. It's really important to have support. But that bird was a catalyst, wasn't it? Like, what do you think about the bird, and how will it connect with support? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, I, I do I do see the the bird as sort of like this, um, like innate kind of calling or call to adventure. It's sort of like this irresistible pull in the story, right? That the, that the character has. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I, I think in our own lives, we all have these moments in our lives where something is tugging at us or something is telling us that like, this is what we should be doing or, you know, a little voice inside that says, you know, just go outside today or maybe go left instead of right. Um, and so, and I've and I've actually had you know I can think of very specific examples where that applies to myself. Okay. You know, um, in my own personal life as well. Yes. You know? So, um, you know, I, you know, I've had very, um, you know, getting away from strictly just metaphorical, but just literal. I've had those, um, the equivalent of a bird calling to me also. Okay. You know? Wow. And um, um, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? Um, so when you have a bird calling to you, it helped you get out of that stuck place. Is that right? Is that what that means for you? Well, yeah. I mean, if we're looking at the story, right, mm -hmm. that you've written, right, it really is. It's about, you know, this character who is stuck, right, and ex experiencing pain. Right. And has an inability to kind of go outside or 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 isn't drawn out until something comes inside to sort of pull them out. Right. Right. And I think we all have these moments 
in our lives where things are hard or maybe we're very depressed or maybe right. things are very challenging and it seems almost impossible to like to 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 open the door right, right. like the hardest part is actually just stepping outside right. let alone having the courage to like go to the ocean get in the ocean and then <laughs> get on a, a boat with some weird guy with captain hook you know like, who, who, who's that guy? i don't know i don't know him he, maybe he's cool maybe he's not like we don't know who that guy is um so I mean, in my own, you know, uh, you know, bring this kind of full circle, uh -huh. you know, like the story is re really dealing with lots of uh, concepts of uh, separation, mm. uh, family members, you know, within mm -hmm. your story, there's lots of, of, of concepts of separations of fathers and sons and like mm -hmm. the wounds uh, that may exist through either misunderstanding or uh, not having the time to to spend with one another. Right. Um, you know, or who knows, maybe genuine fights. We don't really know in this story, but for sure the main protagonist is feeling some pain from a lack of family and a lack of connection to right. his father and with healthy. Right. Um, and those are all things that I've experienced myself uh, in my own personal life. Yes, and I have as well. I mean, we can go on to archetypes right now. Uh, we've got the bird, which represents a calling of adventure. Uh, the the main hero, you, or or the, the the protagonist, the main character, and then there's the captain of the of the ship, uh, and then there's the 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 biological father or the father of the young man's world, and these all different what archetypes are are characters of function. They, they have mm -hmm. a certain place in a story and they work a certain way. There can be a lover, a warrior, a king, a sage, a princess, um, a, a shadow, a shapeshifter. These are all different functions of a character. And what's interesting is that since the story is dealing with separation and, and dealing with um, a fatherhood, there's a surrogate father on the captain of the ship who almost represents uh, the spiritual father in my eyes, or uh, uh, someone as a mentor. And then, mm -hmm. um, then there's the father in the, in the home that he brought, brings him back to. And it's interesting is that, I wanna talk about this, is where he had to go back to that place of pain. He had to be able to address some of the issues or the, the pain with his father. And there was a reconciliation of some kind. There was some sort of healing. And um, I think that's very powerful. And honestly, not everybody gets that healing in life. But the character did. And it unlocked everything in the ocean for him, didn't it? It, it, uh, it helped him see the future. And it was almost like the pain uh, with the father relationship was like a chain holding him back. But then there was that release. And I think that was a, that's a beautiful thing. What, would you be willing, what would you think about that idea of being able to address it and then that help helps you unlock your potential? What do you think about that? Um, well, absolutely, because I think that, you know, um, if you're holding back pain, right, like if that's a lot of energy that's required to sort of hold on to that emotion, right, mm -hmm. and you may become numb to how much energy is involved in that, Um but once you have like maybe a catharsis or sort of like a letting go of that pain, suddenly the world is open, right? Because you're not afraid of the world as much anymore. Like you're able to breathe and you're able to sort of like see or look around you. And so you're no longer just like staring at yourself and you no longer look at the moon and think, God, it must be so lonely at the moon. You look at the moon and be like, wow, the moon is so beautiful, right? Right. You're like, wow. Wonderful. Like, I, would I love that. Side today. You know, because you, you have those, you know, the, the, the reflection, you know, the water reflection, the ocean reflection is no longer on pain, right? The reflection is like, oh, how wonderful the world is because you're no longer coming. You no longer feel that you're coming back to yourself. You're more able right. to, I think, go freely into the world. Um, and, and that also enables you to be open with other people, you know? So sure. within the story that you, you've written, you know, the captain's like showing him with a spyglass and right. all these you know, possibilities and all these yes. things. and. You know, and, 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 you know, the guy is like, well, I don't understand how this could be. Could this really be? Right. It's and too good it, to be true, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely can be true. And all those things are true, but you just have to believe them, right? And you have right. to be open to them and you can't be, you know, inside your house with the shutters closed. Right. Sad about them. You know, you, you know, but that, but to be able to put yourself forward, um, 
to believe in that, you know, you have to, that takes risk and courage. It takes courage too. Absolutely does. And that's scary, right? Without the support of of other people, right? Like without, you know, we've got the bird that helps him. We've got the captain that helps him. Right. We've got a whole crowd that like follows this guy to the ocean. It's like, Hey man, get in the water. It's fine. You know, like it's going to be okay. Um, but in, in all these levels of your story, you know, the character is getting support, support, support. Like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Like, the captain brings him to his father in the mountain, and he's like, all right, like, um, this is your home. This mm. is your biological father. You need this more than you know. Mm. You know, right. there they're all this support is around you. Now you just have to take the first step. Yes. You know? And in the story, he goes into you know his father's house and he sees his father there and, and you know and and um and who knows what pain that character has from the story right right but we, what we do know is that it's there yes right mm-hmm. and that we know that it relates to his father and we know that it relates to separation and some suffering between them and to have somebody that you're that you probably most want the love from, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, or approval, or, or su- the support from the from the father himself. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Approval or mm-hmm. love, like you know, to sort of give you sort of unconditional love and say like, I yeah. see you. Right. That's the most empowering thing you can give to a child. Right, and right? That, that's a good thing because remember, this podcast, this show, is not just for adults. This is, this is for young boys and young girls as well. And I think that you just touched on is very important is that if you're listening or watching this show and you're a 12-year-old boy or 11-year-old, 12-year-old girl, whatever, and uh, you're, you're in your formative years where your life's calling is showing up, there's things inside you that are opening up, there's desires for your destiny or your purpose, or you're getting a sense of what your gifting is, and you don't have a supportive father or a mother, and you don't have that support system, let this legend speak to you as well and to give you that encouragement, to give you that strength that even if you're a young person who you're, who, who's facing the beginnings of your adventure, this story can encourage you because there will be uh, men and women, fathers and mothers in your life that will come and help raise you up and help you become the hero that you are for your story. And I think that what Aaron and I are talking about is not just for the healing of adults like Aaron and I are, are older now and both of us have our own relationships with our own real father and also our mentors. And we've had to go through a lot of pain and, and adventure and healing as well. But for the young, for the youth, there are, we, we need to encourage you guys. We need to support you and, and give you the confidence that you can do this, that you are powerful, you are strong, you are beautiful, that you have the the, the ability to pursue your dreams. And I think that um, what this story also speaks about at the end was talking about it being a king. Uh, you know, is he king of the world? Not as what he thinks it is, but he's a great king at that. And I think it's very important that the story not only talks about the pain, but also about identity. Who are you? Who am I? Uh, are we orphans? I mean, some of the greatest stories have orphans. You know, Superman was an orphan. Harry Potter was an orphan. Annie, the orphan Annie was an orphan. There's all sorts of different major uh, superheroes or characters. They're all orphans. But they all had something to overcome. And I think for all of us, we have to overcome our own wounds and our own orphanness and become the royalty that we are, become the king or the queen, the princess, the prince, whatever, that we can see ourselves as that. But I think for what, what Aaron, what you're talking about, right, is is seeing that through that spyglass. So I have a question for you. Um, what are the things in your life that may be parallel with this story, or even from your own personal life, um, that help you, that empower you? What is the thing that makes you live like a king in, in your identity from a place of wholeness? What What are those things that help you? Um. Well, that's a really good question. Uh, like within this story, you know, especially with this reading, um, what's interesting is I could actually like close my eyes mm. and see myself in each position 
um, that this character was in, in my own personal story, right? Mm, so yes. I could find things relatable to myself that almost put me identically where this, this character was, which is fascinating because you wrote this character, you know, this whole story 10 years, 10 years ago. So, I know, right? You know, like, how does that, so much has happened in 10 years, right? right. Since when you wrote this story. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of insane, right? Um, and but it just goes to show that we can we find meaning within these things in a mythic way, right? Um, I would say that, you know, when you survive something that's really difficult and you overcome it and you're able to release that negative energy, you know, like when you're able to kind of conquer it, you know, there is a certain confidence that can no longer be taken away from you. Mm. It is amazing, right? Um, and so in the story when, you know, the son, you know, goes to his father and he's like, you know, like the father's like, I see you, you know, I believe in you. Like, you know, like, I'm sorry for anything I've done, but like, you know, like you're amazing, right? You can, you can tell like that's a turning point because all the insecurities that this child might have about like, am I good enough or like, am I doing the right thing? or Do, do I know, have what it maybe, takes? Yeah, do I have what it takes? Did, you know, why didn't my dad spend time with me? Is that because I'm not... I'm not a good kid or maybe I'm not a good person, you know, um, it totally changes. And by the end of it, what's happened, what you're seeing is a mastery of an openness of the world, right? We're seeing mm. a character who now he's in a king in a sense of like a king is a ruler, like a king is somebody yes. who, who is, a, who is confident and is able to like survey the land, right. And understand what is happening and also, you know, create abundance and create strength, mm -hmm. you know, create joy, you know, and, and mm -hmm. all these things. And so what I love about it is at the end, you know, you have a character who is in incredibly confident, who is now has all this knowledge of, of their own transformation, their own right. suffering and their own healing. Um, and is then able to share that with other people right now. Right. He's, he's essentially becoming a captain. He's becoming a captain of a ship for somebody else. That's a great you point. Never know. Yes, absolutely. So in a way, he's he's like now able, and, the, and even the captain says, he's like, look, I will take you to all these places and you will learn all these things. Mm. And the character's like, yes, like I want this now. I can see myself doing this. Yes. And now now the, the, the child who in the beginning of the story is – you know, without hope or insecure or so needing of other people's help or needing of that bird to pull them out. Right. As yeah. There's, is there able to be the person who is like, I got you. Like, come into the water. It's fine. Yeah, I, I got love it. I love it. To worry about. I got an awesome ship. You know, I've been all over the world. You know, like, you know, even this year I've been all over the world. Like, I've been in Singapore and now I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, <laughs> I'm all over the world here. so it's, it's, you know, the parallels for my own life in particular as a cinematographer are are incredibly clear and, and specific, you know. Wow. Um, so I don't, I definitely see those things. Um, and then, you know, if we were to, you know, like break down, like, what do these archetypes like mean to my to myself right to my my own story right right you know um i can find very specific moments for each of these things mm -hmm. um for instance um in the beginning of the story he's sort of inside his house mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to leave or he looks up at the moon and he goes to the ocean but he always returns home he doesn't do anything right um you know i had suffered a very um a very uh, sad separation mm. from my son uh, and also from um, my wife at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they were no longer in the country. Like they, mm -hmm. you know, they were in another right. country. I didn't have the opportunity to um, spend time with my son. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't really know at that point in time what was going to be the relation with my, my wife at right. that time. We're no longer together now. But it, it was a very hard time. And that was right after Christmas. So mm -hmm. it was a very, you know, a very dark time for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was... It was it was the one thing I always feared, which was like kind of the loss of my family. Yeah, something that I really I really wanted, right? right? And I think we all can relate to that. And I didn't want to go outside. I was stuck in my house. I was depressed. You know, the the curtains were drawn. Um, the Christmas tree was still up. You know, it was like where the end of January. Nobody's taking down the Christmas tree. And I remember this one day. I was just lying down on my couch. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go outside. I just wanted to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was late afternoon. And then suddenly this light 
like came down through this blind, right? Mm -hmm. And we're closed. The blinds were closed, mm -hmm. but he just the sun the perfect angle to make it through the blinds. Mm -hmm. You know, my Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was hanging on my Christmas tree were these ornaments, my grandmother's um, kind of like these blue and purple glass ornaments. Okay. Um, they were hers, right? Right. And so the sun came through at this perfect angle and hit these ornaments, and the light came back and just blinded me. It just in my eye. Like it was so <laughs> bright. Like I was, I, I couldn't like ignore it. Like I was wow. just turning on the couch. I was like, let it make it go away. But it was so beautiful that I was drawn to it. And I was wow. also, it felt like that bird, right? It uh, felt like that right. song, you know? Right. Was, it came to me and basically was like, hey. My life will overtake you for I am pursuing you. <laughs> wow. Wow. I didn't, I didn't like, I wasn't pursuing that. Like that, the, the lines were closed. The sun, everything pursued me, right? And it was, it had a lot of meaning because that was also family, right? That was my yep. grandmother's. Right, of course. Ornament. And, you know, what ended up happening was I took up my camera. He was nearby and I started taking pictures. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I started taking pictures of these mm -hmm. ornaments and I took mm -hmm. these amazing pictures of like these ornaments with like cellophane, like plastic wrap. It, you know, you would mm. never think it's anything special, but I took the most insane, gorgeous. They like look like moonscapes. You know, they, they could be the moon, you know, wow. for all intents and purposes. Right. You, it, <laughs> the it's moon. So abstract, it's so alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and they're gorgeous. And they're actually some of my favorite photos, you know, and what, what began was this exiting of the house. I would take my camera and I would uh. go outside and I would, I would start, I started doing a lot of street photography Wow. and, you know, that became, you know, you know, street photography and those type of things became a way that I started to gain, you know, not only my confidence again, but sort of ref started refilling my creativity mm -hmm. and it came, became almost like a samurai way of like, mm. like becoming a better cinematographer, but mm -hmm. also understanding the world and also finding some emotional depth that I could relate right. to, you know? Um, so I was pulled out of my own house through, wow. you know, like, and I, and I, while I was separated from, you know, my son and from my family. Mm, so, right. um, you know, uh, so I can absolutely relate to the bird component because right? mm -hmm. I had it happen to me. Right. Right. Uh, and again, in your story, you know, we have, you know, the character, he leaves the house and, you know, the crowd is cheering right. for him. And there are all these other people there, you know, and I had, you know, similar things happen. You know, you have people in your life who show up, mm. you know, and I think that's a good thing for, you know, kids who are watching this, you know, who, who should, un should understand that too, is that like, I think sometimes you might feel that like you're alone, you know, and mm -hmm. then maybe right. nobody will show up. But I think that more often people do. And I think that right. more often. That's good. Yeah. Right. I, I think they really do. And, and, and I think there's this tendency to feel you're alone, but like, mm -hmm when you actually share your feelings or when you express the pain that's sort of inside of you right. and how you're feeling, um, uh, uh, people are, are able to connect to that. And not only do they connect to that, they will help you and they will help you in ways right. that you, you will never, you would never know, right? You could never expect more than you could ever, like the generosity right. will exceed, you know, your wildest expectations. And, and they're, they're worth more than their weight in gold. The, the, the timeliness of these people who give you favor or advice or kind of point you in a certain direction and, and give you a nudge of some kind or just the thing like, yeah, you can do this. I believe in you. Oh, so good, Aaron. I mean, even going to talking about the ocean, right? And this mm -hmm. character who ends up at the ocean, you know, I have a very good friend of mine from film school. Um, we go back now, I think, you know, at least 18 years, right? So we're good buddies. We made a lot of movies together. Um, and he's, you know, one of those people that's always been there. Mm -hmm. And he had a house, you know, in Santa Monica near the beach that he wasn't using. And he was like, you got to get out of that house. You can't be in that house anymore. <laughs> there you need is. to go to the beach. You need to go to the ocean. It's a restorative. Go to the ocean. So, wow. You know, for six months, you know, he let me, yeah, he let me like rent, you know, his, his place 
five blocks from the beach. And what did I do? I went to the beach and I would go to the beach and I would walk the beach with my camera and it was restorative and it was Is, great. That's to beautiful. Like, that's beautiful. You know? <laughs> you know, that was a very filling thing. Mm -hmm. um, but also on that same note, um, again, with your story, the ocean didn't, didn't um, stop my pain, but it did soothe my pain. Sure. That makes sense. So, Right. You know, yeah. you, know, you know, like, and I know that metaphorically in the story, it seems the ocean is could be uh, like a subconscious way right. of looking at lots of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think most people may say that them would think the ocean can be a very calming or, you know, soothing thing as well. So it could be know, a refuge. You know, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then if you even get into, the captain in the ship, right? Like, um, I've had many mentors, um, you know, in my life. I've been very lucky. Uh, I didn't grow up with my father, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and my father is, uh, is, was, well, I should say was, um, uh, incredibly talented. So he was a photographer, um, uh, a blues musician, blues mm -hmm. photographer, a journalist, hmm. um, you know, um, just really a, a renaissance Man, really funny guy, just incredible intellectual. Um, but I didn't grow up with him, and mm -hmm. I got to see him as I grew up. But there, you know, there were so many things that I didn't really know or, or get to learn. Right. Um, and a lot of things that you would want to learn, right? Right. Um, so there was always, you know, even though we were felt connected, there was always a distance mm. there because we didn't get that time in. Mm. Uh, but I was also somebody who was always lucky to have other parents. I had mm -hmm. two other stepdads in mm -hmm. my life. Okay. Um, one that's one that's no longer here um, either, but uh, one of which who still is, who's also a musician and who's even been a pirate for Halloween. So there you go. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I could easily wow. put my stepdad as, as the, as the captain of the other ship, you know? Okay. Um, and, uh, so you can see that role of this surrogate father, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be somebody's stepdad, right? I also have right. many mentors that I have met that have also played that role. You know, right. like Mark, you know, I have a, a professor in undergrad, Mark Chilcote. He was a fantastic mentor and father figure to mm. me with filmmaking. And I didn't really agree with him about everything, but like <laughs> he, he was that role and he was that confidence, right? he kind of lifted you up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and both of my stepdads, I got different things from. They each mm -hmm. brought their different part of the world mm -hmm. with them. Um, and, uh, you know, with that too, um, I, you know, I've had, um, you know, cause I, I'm a cinematographer now, you know, that's, there's a lot of training. There's a lot of schooling, you know? Um, right. And Film I've school. had a chance to meet some just wonderful, people, wonderful cinematographers who are incredibly knowledgeable, who are also those kind of father figures who right. have like sort of been incredibly encouraging. So that captain, that idea of the captain who can take you further into the world, right? And help give you confidence and show you the possibilities. I mean, it's absolutely true. And mm. it's absolutely happened to mm -hmm. me. Um, That's great. And then here's yeah. another thought. I mean, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, thank you for your vulnerability and your transparency. Because everything that you talked about has its degree of, of the suffering of the hero. And I, I identify with that suffering in my own way, too. And, and not only does, do we need surrogate fathers or mentors, but sometimes uh, we, we have to have ourselves uh, where we have to be a father to the little young man or even a, a, a little girl, if you're a woman, uh, being a parent to your young younger self, your internal self, and, and being able to encourage yourself and say, you can do it, or I believe in you, and really speak to yourself to the, all the different ages that you are on the inside, all the different uh, times of the soul, if you want to call it that. And uh, so I think that is also a, a tool we can use and, and the audience can take away is to be able to be a parent to yourself if in, ca in the case that you don't have it right now in that season of your life. So um, I want to wrap things up, Aaron. 
Um, first of all, thank you for sharing everything that you talked about and all your ideas and all your interpretations. Uh, I really, I've loved this story for many years. It's one of my more favorite ones. And knowing you all these years and being close friends, it's just such a treasure to have you on the show. So thank you for being a guest on this show. And and um, just real briefly, do you have any closing thoughts and how you want to tie this up before we uh, we go? Um, I would say that I think the last thing that we didn't touch on too much was, you know, there's the whole story at its core, you know, is about this kind of thing about fathers and sons, right? right. Like there's a son who's missing his father and it's, you know, it, it comes full circle. And I mm -hmm. think that, you know, ha having a son of my own now, mm -hmm. right, makes me know or understand more the things that I didn't get from my dad and the things that I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. And having time with my dad made me realize how valuable those things are and how valuable it is to have the love of one's father and how much that does mean to you, you know, which I think makes me a better father to my son. Right. Oh, that's and good. I, you know, so I think understanding what you, what that separation feels like that I had with my dad, mm. you know, even separated from my son by about 6,000 miles. Right. Um, it creates an understanding and a questioning of like, how can I do better? What can I do more mm. so that my son can go forward in the world and feel confident and know like, hey, I got you. I love you. Yeah. Um, believe in you. You can do this. I'm 100% behind you. So that's good. Aaron. Um, I, I just want to say that for, for any kids that are watching that maybe don't feel, you know, that way, maybe from they're worried, maybe their parents don't feel that way or, or otherwise. Um, sometimes your parents love you way more than they actually say or know. Mm. Um, and sometimes they think that they're, you know, expressing it and they express it in their own way that you sometimes learn later on. Um, but even if your parents, you know, are not that for you, um, there will absolutely be people in your life who will bring that gift to mentorship and leadership and, and help you go on your journey. So that's you know, good, don't Aaron. just do it. Just get in the boat. Don't don't stay at home. Right. That's good. Get on the ship. You know, <laughs> with a good mentor, with yeah. a good captain. Don't get on the ship get, with, get with a good captain, not not a bad pirate or something. Well, Aaron, thank you. That's that's a great way of wrapping it up. And and to our audience, thank you for joining us today on Legends of the Wind. Uh, it's our pleasure to share with these uh, with you these legends, these stories for actual children and adults. And uh, just want to be encouraging you and inspiring you and to let you know that you have a dream and you have permission to pursue it and to do it. So thank you so much for joining us today on Legends of the Wind and for listening and watching to Ocean's Vision and our friend Aaron Torres. Thank you very much and I'll see you again till the next time. Thanks for joining us today on the Legends of the Wind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and hit the bell button to be alerted of future episodes. And don't forget, our stories are found here in life and beyond the imagination. Now you can finish your story. Keep dreaming, keep believing, and we'll see you again in our next episode of Legends of the Wind.